0: Welcome to podcast 52 from Football Arania, your home of Dutch football. I'm Michael Statham and I'm joined by Michael Bell to talk about Ajax's Champions League heartbreak against Tottenham, the end of the Eredivisie season, and a look at the Netherlands squad for the upcoming Nations League semi final. We're available on YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Make sure you like and subscribe wherever you're listening, as we really appreciate your ever-growing support. Enjoy, uh, Mike. Let's depress ourselves. Let's talk about Ajax losing in the Champions League. Uh, but, so they they were one up after the first leg, and they're two 0 up at half time. And what happened in that second half? Why why do we find ourselves talking about such a missed chance in the history of Dutch football? for a Dutch team to get so far in the Champions League
1: yeah I mean it's it's difficult to talk about because it was so so close and you know if you're an Ajax fan you're absolutely gutted and at the end of the full time whistle I was absolutely furious you know I didn't want to speak to anybody go straight to bed you know it's it's one of those sort of moments where football can be very cruel and sadly for Ajax it was their turn for a moment like this that happens you know once in a blue moon um, I think tactically Ten Hag maybe got a few things wrong. Um leading into the game. I thought that in the first half, you know, Ajax were great for Ziyech and, and Taric, but I thought Caspar Dolberg was absolutely awful. Um, couldn't hold up the play, didn't get involved, didn't get any chances. And I think that showed in the second half when Ajax were looking for somebody to be an outball. Um, and eased some of the pressure they didn't really have anybody because Kasper Dobber couldn't do anything um up against the Tottenham defence and you know the ball just kept coming into the box they changed obviously with Laurenti coming in they had a focal point up front and that helped them getting knockdowns around the box uh, you know the first goal you could see it was a bit unfortunate um some lapsing concentration the second goal was absolutely horrific uh, you know Nana made an absolutely amazing save and then for some reason, a lack of communication between him and, and Shauna, and you can see how furious Matthijs Delict was when that went in because you know that's such a, a gift Then two getting in each other's way, the ball just bouncing up, and you know Lucas is stroking into the net. And then you know, the last goal is just it's still you know, you just can't believe it happened. You know, you're thinking, in the 94th minute, Anna has the ball. You know, he's wasting time, he's gotta think you know, you kick out field, you hold it up and then that's it. But, you know, again, Ajax took off other strikers, he only had Tadic, and he wasn't really gonna win the ball up against you know the bigger centre halves, the ball comes into the box. Magalan, who's been a disaster for Ajax so far, slips, wits well, in Lucas and then absolute heartbreak. It's just for me it's two very unlucky moments at the back and that's just what got punished
0: in the end. It's so difficult to talk about, isn't it? And, um, well, I mean, you, you went to bed after the match. I had to write the match report. <laughs> um, but it's it's so difficult. And you just think, and another day that, that doesn't go in and they survive, they go to the Champions League final and deservedly so. And Spurs only turned up for 45 minutes of that semi final. And it mattered because it just felt like Ajax were dead on their feet and they ran out of energy. Um, because of all the fixtures they've been playing, they've essentially been rotating the same fifteen players or so for a long time this season. The starting eleven is almost always the same, and it just it just showed they were dead on their feet. And we had so many questions this week sent in to us. Thank you for those, and a fair few of them were surrounding Ajax and um, the Champions League, the fallout from it all. Um, but you know, to concede three goals in one half the way they did. I, I just can't help but think all the time about that goal that went in, but also in the 92nd minute, so in injury time. There's five minutes, but when Dusan Tadic is is free and he's running through on goal, I think there's two two Ajax players against three Spurs defenders. Why doesn't Tadic turn and take the ball into the corner? He did do that another time in injury time, and unfortunately, he ran out of play. But he did take the shot, and I know it's the Ajax way. They want to attack. They want to entertain the crowd, but it just mattered so much at that moment in time to kill the play, kill, kill the game, kill the moment. And I know that it's going through his mind to think, well, if he scorned the goal, we put the game to bed. But it's it's ambitious. It's not even it's not even one on one. Like he's got to cut in and put take a shot from twenty yards out. He needs to turn around and take that ball into the corner. And someone has experienced Tadic. I wonder if he still is dwelling on that moment he had to just take it away. But of course, yeah, there were defensive errors and oh, that when Magajan, um or Magayan, however you say it, he slips and the it, it just he's just such a calamitous defender and he was brought on to solidify the defence and just get rid of everything and he didn't. And I just think he's been a waste of money for Ajax. Um that yeah, the last few moments it was just errors all over the place. You can imagine they were very nervous and Spurs are just throwing the kitchen sink at them, but They've got to deal better with it, haven't they?
1: And you think about it, you know, you've got probably the most experienced player, the player that's been at this level the most, sitting on their bench, and you're wondering why, why in that second half when everything was going wrong and Tottenham were just battering them and they couldn't hold up the ball, why didn't they turn the hunt or Why didn't they bring on one player who probably could have held it up and probably the only player that could take the ball into the corner and has got the strength to actually hold off some defenders? You know, if he had come on instead of. Maybe Saint Ravan or Maga You can even put Huntla at the back. He's you know he's he's adept to winning balls in the air. He could challenge for high balls and then he he could hold it up in the, the front and move to some a bit deeper. I just think that you know you had that one player on the bench who could have made a difference and kept kept his cool and he wasn't even brought on. So I think that was a big mistake. And you know hindsight's a great thing and you look back on things and you think that. Yeah, usually if a coaches want to shore things up to bring on an extra defender, there's some things were going wrong. Some players were getting tired. That's why you know Veltman came on, and I think St Ravan did well when he came on. I think he he's a player that I want to see more of next season. But just if you've got somebody like Huntlaw and you don't bring him on, I think that's just a big big mistake, especially when he's been in good form for Ajax recently. Whereas you know Casper Dober hasn't. Um, you know Huntlaw started the Cup final scored. You know, he started again today against Utrecht, scored. You know, he's a man for the big moments. And you just think it's such a waste to not have him on a tour, especially when you're missing somebody like Neres, who could have made a big difference as well. Yeah, I totally
0: agree. I just, I still can't help but wonder why, when Neres uh, was ruled out from starting the match, why didn't he turn to Huntelaar? Because of the games he's been playing, he can't have been... Um, too tired to play because yes he's getting old he's 35 and he played the cut final at the weekend but he's got to be fresh enough to play such a, hu- a huge game when Dolbert really apart from netting some goals in that you know in his sort of 4-5 nil wins those l- late goals apart from those he, the, his general build up plays has been pretty poor and he doesn't score important goals so I just I kind of wonder why why Eliton Haag would have chosen him for the game um but, you know, we, we could talk about this for a long, long time and what could have been. Um, and I just think that it's, it's a missed opportunity, isn't it? And one of the questions we had from Will, um, he said, with UEFA exploring options of revamping the Champions League format, uh, was Ajax the last great chance for a smaller club to win the Champions League? Um, and... You know, can now Mark Overmars open up his checkbook to bring you more talent and be more competitive? What do you think about that? Is it a missed opportunity for Dutch teams?
1: Well, you have to say yes. I don't think there'll be another campaign like this where, you know, you have some of the big, huge European powers that just took their eye off the ball and um, so spectacular. You know, I don't think that you'll see a Real Madrid side this bad in the next coming seasons. I don't think, you know, Juventus will be geared up a lot better next season I think that the bigger Spanish teams will make a, a big play for it next year and you know this is if I actually got through or playing Liverpool you know it's, it's another team that you know it's a great team and they've got great players but it's, it's one that the game's winnable and you got to wonder if a Dutch side will ever have that chance again you know the the smart money's on no you got to think that yeah it's probably the end we'll see of Matthijs de Ligt and you know, Hakim Ziyech got a uh, standard innovation as he went off today. That seemed to be uh, what looked like his his last home game in Amsterdam. Maybe it was them trying to convince him to stay. I know there's a petition out there from some Dutch politician trying to get convince him to stay. Whether that would work or not, you know this Ajax team's probably gonna be torn apart this summer. And um, new faces are coming in. You know they've spent some money already. And um, you know Marvan's coming from Standard Liège. Is that the sort of player that's going to really take this team again to the next level? I don't think so. So for me, yeah, Ajax have hundreds of millions in the bank. Will Overmars go out there and sign? What, in my eyes, you need is is pace. It's it's what they lack. You saw against Tottenham when Neres was out, they had no one to really get in behind that Tottenham defence. It's what they lack up front. I think that's what they need. They need a really fast, quick attacker and that's what they need to spend their money on. I'd love to see them go out and spend 20, close to 20, 25 million on a player again, bringing someone to really make a difference in the side because that's what they need to maybe challenge again next year. I think defensively they made some good signings, midfield made some good signings, but up front is where they need the big work. If Z8 goes, I don't think Doberg is as great as a talent as he was. You still got Hunter, but I think they need to add another striker and somebody with a lot of pace. And then I think that Ajax can be a challenge again next season.
0: Yeah, they've got a lot of gaps to fill, and it could be more than they think because the squad at the moment isn't very big. They're having to fill it with youth players, which is the Ajax way. Um, I just hope that they're not going to take a step back now and forget their, their, the way they've always been developing players. They need to still be bringing these players to the youth academy. Um, Traore made his debut today for ajax and we need to continue to see that and we don't i don't i don't know i don't really want to see them spending the big money you mentioned there mike to go and spend on on one of these bigger experienced players because it it will just take away from what they've been doing so well in the past i'd even go as far to argue that i don't really want to see them spend 10 million on on say an argentinian winger because, again, they've got their own talents they can bring through. They do need help, though. I do agree with that with that side of the coin as well. Um, Tadic and Blintz have been marvellous signings on. are oh, a huge reason why they've had such success this season. But I don't want to see them having half a squad of these expensive players, if you like.
1: Um, for me, I think that if you're looking at the young Ajax squad at the moment, they didn't do very well in the, the second division. I think Ryan Gravenberch... Um, Kellen, Camp, Danny DeWitt, they're the really only ones that have sparked into the, the first team this season I, I can't see an attacker who's currently playing for the second string that would come into the, the first team next season I think that's maybe why they would need to go out and spend maybe 20, 30 million on one player um, to improve the squad for next year because I think they do have young, young talents coming through if you look at the Ajax under 17 side it's at the European Championship at the moment it's mostly Ajax and they've got Nivar and they've got Brian Brobby, who's a, you know, a really powerful striker coming through. But these are t- players that are maybe one, two years away. I think next season to probably get back to being in the Champions League group stages, I think they need one or two little gaps plugged and then the youth talents will come through the next year.
0: Yeah, good point. There's no like immediate players coming through as a couple. I mean, you've got Ekelen Kamp who could make more of an impact next season. Um, but it, yeah, it just depends how many of these players stay. And that will be just their their opinion this summer, having now effectively won the league. We'll talk about that later. And the Cup, how much more can they achieve in the Netherlands? Can they repeat the Champions League success? Um, But there's a question from Casper. He asks, will this Ajax Champions League run have a long-lasting effect on the league? And will it motivate Feyenoord and PSV to do better in European competitions? I think the short answer to that is yes. Wouldn't you agree, Mike?
1: Yeah, I think the answer is I hope so. <laughs> I think we've seen that the past few years have been really disappointed by Dutch clubs um, not really taking the Europa League seriously and not really trying to go far. I think they all got knocked out early on. This year there has been a couple of years where teams have gone out really early, really disappointing. Um, and that's why the coefficient has gotten so bad over the past couple of years. I think next year the coefficient has got to be another another battle with Austria. Um, and I want to see Firenord, and you know the, the, play, the team that comes for the European playoffs and AZ really go for it in the Europa League and try and get to the group stages and try and get out there because that's a competition where you saw Eintracht Frankfurt get to the semi-finals. You know that can be a Firenord, that can be a you know an AZ Alkmaar. We've done um, really well in the competition in the past. Let's hope to see that next year we can see another Champions League campaign a Dutch team in the group stage, and I want to see all the Europa League teams get to the group stages as well. I don't want to see them going out to teams from, from Western nations and just taking these uh, lower-ranked teams lightly and then getting knocked out by them because that's just been the, the factor for the past couple of years, especially you know, Feyenoord in the last year getting put out by a really poor side. You know, they could have went far with Van Persie. They could have gone on a wee European run, but they just didn't. Um, I think next year they need to take inspiration from Ajax and realize that, you no, know, in the past five years Ajax have reached the final Europa League and the semi final Champions League. If they can do it, there's no reason why PSV and Feyenoord can't, and it's about time that they started trying.
0: Yeah, very true. And there, you know, you've seen rz do it in the past. They got to the quarterfinals of the Europa League um, a couple of times. Um, and it, it is possible, uh, but you just need a couple of extra players in that squad and a, a, a bit of luck in the way that some players will stay. A bit like what might happen at RZ this summer, because Calvin Stengs, Costil, they're not ready to make transfers, but they are huge talents. And if they can really set, a, a, set put, the, put down the, the gauntlet, as they say, and um, have a terrific season next season, but all those individuals collectively having that, you can almost have that... Um, that prime moment to make a run in European competition to make an impact in the Eredivisie um, speaking of the Eredivisie today we've, we've had the penultimate round of fixtures and there's only one round of fixtures in the Eredivisie to go and I think everything's decided isn't it Mike um, and the league today has been wrapped up Ajax unless they have a 14 goal swing on Wednesday have won the Eredivisie so congratulations to Ajax and they comfortably beat Utelec today didn't they
1: yeah, I mean they were given a bit of a scare. I think we all wondered how they'd picked themselves up after the defeat at Tottenham. I think they fell behind in the first minute, but after that they were ahead by half time, Huntwaar and Van der Bacon in the second half, Tadic double. It's comfortable in the end. The crowd was was behind them, it was a good atmosphere and they managed to give Ziyech a stand of innovation before the end. I think he's if not been their player of the season, one been one of their definite players of the seasons. Um it's well deserved I think if this team didn't win the title I think it would have been a bit of a shame because this is all going to be ripped apart I think if they didn't win it this year you know you're wondering when they're ever going to win it because this is the best Ajax team we've seen since the early halfway through the 90s probably Um yeah well deserved for them PSV had it in their hands after the winter break threw it away some poor results some poor tactics I think Van Bommel's got a big year next year, he's got something to prove, because I've not been too impressed by him this season. Yeah, he's given the youth a chance, which is great, but he's, he's really thrown the title away in the past you know, few months, I think, with some poor tactical decisions. I think there'll be a lot of question marks around him. Um, Feyenoord got third, AZ fourth, and that means they're in Europa League next year, and uh, at the bottom, MacBride Breda are down. Yeah, um I think we've been saying for weeks that they looked the most likely and uh, now it's official.
0: It's been an entertaining really entertaining season and the playoffs for Europa League and the relegation playoffs will be even more entertaining and we'll just see who stays up and who can get in Europa League. Let's talk a little bit more about um Ajax and PSV looking at next season and RZ as well. Um because it's going to be a summer of change for all of the clubs at the top of the Eredivisie. Perhaps less so for RZ but there is a new manager coming in. A few questions from people on Twitter uh, about transfers. So, the first one was from Marcus, and he was wondering if Donny van der Beek will stay. What do you think, Mike?
1: Um, I hope so. I think that if I can convince him that he deserves to be. I think I've seen stories about offering him the captain's armband and offering him a new deal. I think if they can that the team would be built around him and he'd be a major part of it next year. Because at some points this season, he wasn't even in the team. He was on the bench, he was unhappy, he was saying he was going to leave. And then it seemed to be that there was only going to be one way he going out this summer. But then all turned round. he's become an absolute major player in the past few months. He's been huge in the Champions League run. And now he's got probably the biggest teams in Europe being linked to him at the moment. Um. Real Madrid, Barcelona, I've been linked in the past couple of days. You know, Tottenham, I've said they're after him. Um, teams from Germany, Bayern Munich, Borussia Dortmund. If these clubs firm up their interest, then it's going to be hard to keep him. But you know, he is a player that Ajax could build a team around next season and give him you know, a lot more responsibility. And I just hope that sways his decision.
0: Yeah, for example, giving him the captaincy might be one way to do that, especially with De Ligt going. Um... To where, we're we not sure of. Where do you think DeLict might go? That uh, would be on Twitter, I was asking that, because we're always wondering, aren't we, where, where might suit him best. But what do you think's most likely at the moment? Do you think he'll join Frankie at Barcelona? I think our stories point to
1: that being the most likely, and then it's only in the past couple of weeks that Liverpool seem to have come into the fray, um, Manchester United as well. But I'd, I'd love to see him at Barcelona. I think that if them two can become... Key members of the first team squad. It'd be great to see Frankie and De Ligt stay together because not only will that help Barcelona because they know each other so well, but it'll help the Dutch national team because if you've got them two playing together week in week out, it's going to help in the national team as well. The only other thing I'd say is for helping the national team is if here's to play week in week out with Van Dijk at Liverpool, that would be another a great factor for Netherlands. I think Barcelona would be first choice for me, Liverpool second.
0: And what about Eric Ten Hag? Cam's asked on Twitter, do you think that he will leave in the summer? We covered this in a previous podcast and we were discussing whether um, he may have hit his ceiling with Ajax and actually winning the league, winning the cup, Champions League semi-final. Is the right time to go and move on? Because it's almost like a a, a great opportunity, isn't it, to make the most of any interested clubs, to make a a step up. Um, Do you think Ten Hag will be thinking like that or do you think that he has other intentions? For me...
1: You know he's got to have
0: ambition and I
1: think that somewhere like Bayern Munich where he's been before he has a relationship with if they eventually came in from it it'd be pretty hard to turn down but if that was him I'd be very wary of his career maybe going like Peter Bosch's. He had a very successful European campaign got picked up by Borussia Dortmund and it all went wrong. You know, it's not been so long since there was a lot of criticism around Ten Hag a lot of people saying that he wasn't really the one in charge. Um, he was losing the dressing room. A lot of players weren't happy. And I think this Champions League run really masked that for a lot of big clubs. and Basically, the papers in Spain, Germany, England, who are linking Ten Hag with these bigger clubs, probably don't know that a few months ago that there were some doubts around them. So I think that next season will be huge for him. If he can repeat this, win the title, win the cup again, going to run in Europe, then yes, he deserves to be linked with the biggest clubs in Europe. But right now, there's still a few question marks for me around him and um, I think he should stay another year at Ajax at least.
0: Yeah. So do I actually and he can really kick on. He hasn't been at Ajax for a long time and he can really establish himself and maybe he could even repeat repeat a very good European run. It might not be as successful as this one but if he can keep some of these players together and he's, and he's lucky... To keep Hakim Ziyech at the club, for example, um, with Tagliavico already committing his future, and um, if you can keep Van der Beek at the club, you just never know that something similar could ha- could happen again. Um, and a question from Jordan. Let's talk about PSV now. Um, he says, which PSV's which PSV players are most likely to leave Eindhoven this summer, and will Maxi Romero become the number one striker next season?
1: I think the the two most likely are. Bergvine and Lozano, I think they're both heading out. Um, then you got to look at Pereiro as well, I think that's three that are definitely on their way. I think there was an article this week in the local paper that was suggesting that it was going to be a, an exodus because you had the likes of Zut and Luke de Jong who are both very open to a move abroad. So that's five or six key first team players that could all. Go and then there's interest at the moment around Dumfries and Angelino, who I think's had an absolutely outstanding campaign at left back. So Daniel Schwab as well. I think he's having some family issues and he wants to move back home. I think he's going to expire in contract. So yeah, I mean, all rounder could be losing five or six players this summer.
0: Yeah, a lot of first teamers could be moving on at PSV. I think. What will make the difference is that if players are going to leave, that they commit to doing so and make their moves in June or very early July, rather than, for example, if Luke De Jong um, said, oh, well, I'm, I'm kind of happy at PSV and I'll just see if the right club comes to me. And then all of a sudden he's still at PSV and then it's the middle of August and the Premier League club comes in towards the end of their deadline and says, well, we want to sign Luke De Jong. That's going to throw... PSV, you know, way off and and way off course, and start panicking about whether they can replace him as a club captain. is scoring all of their goals, and whilst there are replacements in waiting, they want to be able to plan that and plan a squad a squad around the strikers and midfielders that they're going to have next season. I just think it will cause PSV a lot of problems, and I think Mark van Bommel could be in for a lot of criticism if he doesn't get it right and doesn't sort out the squad because it it will be challenging next season. but I, I think Ajax are going to be very strong again um and i i think i'm going to be a bit um harsh on pierce for here but i think they've been lucky to stay in the, the air title race as long as they have um they have had a good season but not a very good one they're just lucky that ajax have conceded some points when they shouldn't have done um and they've also been quite lucky in terms of players available i think they've actually kept together most of their first team squad all season and I just think that next season it's going to be even more difficult when you think that Berfey and Lozano are going to leave. That's their two wingers. And if Luke Dion goes as well, there are players like Gappo, Lammers, who can come in, but you don't want to change the front three entirely to three very young and inexperienced players, especially in Europe. I think it would be very challenging for PSV if they do that.
1: Yeah, and you've got to look at, say, Ajax have done their business early. They've already signed four players. PSV haven't done anything yet. And they seem to be waiting around for the players to leave before they actually move. And there's not a lot of players around, you could say, that would definitely improve the PSV squad that are from the division. So it looks like they might have to look abroad, getting some um, wild cards from, you know, if they've been looking at Mexico, South America, maybe there'll be a few players of like that. And you know, as the question says, Maxi Romero, he's been out injured ever since he really came to PSV maybe next year will be his year and he'll have a huge impact but you know it seems like the the club right now are just waiting around to see what happens with Lozano and Bergwijn before they actually move on anyone.
0: That's true and you never know with football Romero could come through and score 20-30 goals next season but at the moment it seems very unlikely that that's going to happen because player development isn't always as simple as that and just giving them a chance but it's quite high-risk scenario for PSV because they don't want to be waiting five or ten games to see whether Romero can do it or not. They want instant impact from the players they have. Do you think they'll have much money to spend though, PSV? Do you think they'll be able to spend what they make from the sales of Lozano and so on?
1: Yeah, well, I think that they're holding out for around 80 million, 70-80 million for the two of them um, together. So that with sales of the likes of no um say if Dumfries went, Angelino, you'd think they would get into the fifteens like Pereiro and maybe be ten. I think they would have the money to spend, especially if they could get into Europe. Um Yeah, I think that for me the whole squad needs a bit of an overhaul. I'm not very happy with their midfield at the moment. I don't think it's it's too good. He's been playing Luke de Jong in some attacking midfield role recently. Hendricks has completely dropped out of the team. And is going to go Gutierrez you know, he's not really figured much recently and in the past couple of games that I've watched him when he has he's not really done much but he has improved it but I think there's so much more if you compare that midfield with Ajax it's, it's night and day there's so much creativity and, and movement in Ajax whereas PSV is just a bit stagnant and lacking ideas so I think that's the key area for me is the midfield in the front They really need to overhaul it completely for next season or Ajax are going to
0: wipe the floor with them again. Yeah. Do you know about final though? Because we've already discussed multiple times about how poor a campaign they've had and now it's over. But do you think that they're going to be able to recover? There's a lot of players that just don't seem like they want to play there at all.
1: Yeah, I think we've been talking about it for all year really. I think stagnation is really a word I can use because everything went stale under... Van Bronckhorst, that's why he's decided to leave. And you look at the players that are there, not, I, there's so many young talents coming through, but they're just not getting used. And instead, they were relying on the likes of Jordi Classy, who, you Now, why did they bring him back? I mean, there was actually no point to it. He never won anything while he was there, but he brought him back because, you know, he was maybe a fan's favourite. And he's not really done much. He's probably put himself in a lesser light with the fans by coming back and not being as good. Than if he just stayed away. Because I think he's been really poor this season. And it's like the so Turnstra, you know, some of the people at the back, Bottaheen's already saying that he wants to maybe move abroad. You know, Van der Heyden, these players just aren't good enough for a title race. And I think again it's a squad that needs an absolute overhaul. But unlike Ajax and unlike PSV, none of these players that they sell are probably gonna bring in the 30, 40 millions. I mean they've very mis- missed a big trick with Jorgensen they should have sold him to Newcastle when they came in from because they're going to get nowhere near 15-60 for him again um, you know, Van Persie's gone he's retired you look around the pitch Valhaina is probably the only one that you'd say they'd get some decent money for and then maybe next year with Stam coming in he's just going to have to rely on youth because that really looks like they're on the option
0: yeah what a poor situation they've had there but then you look at uh, Peck Swaller the yep, hasn't got a lot of great players to work with but he despite a, w- a few wins they had in a row to sort of secure their Eredivisie status they really haven't had a good campaign themselves and I, I wonder how much of that is down to Stam like is he capable enough to, to, to look after this final that's a big question mark on them I mean
1: yeah I've not been too impressed yeah he's kept Peck's low up but then you look at their squad and you just say yeah they're much better than the teams that are below them in terms of talent of their squad so they've done what is expected of them they've not done more he's not suddenly come in and they've started beating everybody they've basically secured their survival and then they lost a few games that they shouldn't really have so i think big question marks of him going into final i know he wasn't universally liked when he was at reading i don't think if you're a Pex Vola fan i don't think you'd say that he's done an absolutely amazing job with them so yeah, is he a man to bring through young talents and nurture them? I have my doubts. Um, you know, I think he's handed in a few targets to the Firener directors and the players like Eunice Namley, who's at Pex Vola. Yeah, he's Pex Vola's best player, but is he good enough for a Firener team that you know, you think would be wanting a title, and probably not? So I think it's it's another year of. Rebuilding for Feyenoord, I think it's a club that relies on bringing through talents and then selling them for money, whereas I don't think that's going to happen this summer. So you're going to look at next year, maybe hopefully the likes of Dylan Venta and Koku can come into the first team and uh, really lift the side because that's the only chance they've got of doing something good next season.
0: Feyenoord are looking for these youth players to really step up. However, Stam, um, looking at his time at Peck, Swaller, um he hasn't really nurtured or or helped develop Seth Van den Yes, he's 17 um, and playing at centre back. That's a a big position to play at that age. But before Stam came in, he was playing regularly. Now he's not. Now he's not really getting a game. He played um, in the final home game of the season for Peckswala. But, yeah, again, just leaving him out. And I don't think that's a good sign that that Stam really trusts the youth to come and play for for his his side. Um, Van der Burke hasn't been perfect for Peck, but also you've got to give him the chance. You've got to try and and, and develop him. And that, that leads me on to the question from Alex. And it talks about RZ. We touched upon it briefly earlier. He would like to know if RZ will be able to keep their key men and mount a challenge for the top three next season. Now, we agreed, didn't we, Mike, that RZ will be able to keep, I think, their best players and hopefully add to it because they have, have got some um, players coming back from injury. They've also got um, positions they can definitely strengthen in. But is this an opportunity that RZ needs to take looking into next season because they finished this one pretty well, haven't they? They beat PS3 today.
1: Yeah, I mean they've beaten Ajax and PSV in recent weeks. Um Gust Till scored both goals. He's really come into form in the last few weeks. I think he was really poor at the start of the season. He was one that was you know, broke into the Netherlands side last year and there's big things expected from this campaign. It's not really happened to him. But yeah, I think he's he's not done well enough this season to really warrant a move. I've seen him being linked with some Russian clubs. I don't think that would be the right move for him at all in his career at the moment. So yeah, I think you can see him. Calvin Stengs has signed a new deal. Uh, Boa Doo's has come back from a major injury. He's going to stay. Then you look at... You know, Adam Myers had a great season. He's just come out of contract. Maybe they can convince him to stay another year. Coop Miners is still going to be there. And if they can add one or two players, I think they need another centre-back because I think Stam's getting older. You know, they've been playing, Kukminers miners in there, I think they need another centre-back. And for me, you know, Bjorn jonson has been pretty hopeless. But I've got Ferdi Druth, who's been on loan at NSA this season. He's the top scorer this season in the second division. So I think they've got another striker coming through the, the youth ranks that I think they should give a chance to next year. And yeah, I think they can really build on this campaign and if you said to me right now, if you looked at the squads of AZ and Feyenoord and the chances of who's going to finish third next year, I'd say AZ probably have a a better chance.
0: Yeah, I'm um, agreed. Just want to point out that I think you said that Jörg Stam is ageing in the AZ defence. <laughs> I think you meant Ron Vlaar. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um But you know, you're right, you're right. Um, they need these centre-backs and Coke Miners needs to play midfield again for me. They need to sign up Mahan on a longer contract an improved contract and Matt Sunchins in attack, I don't think he's been all that, um, I don't really know why he's playing in the striker's role um, and why they just didn't play Bjorn Jansson for more games at the start of the campaign to give him a bit, a bit more of a chance, unless Vanden Blom in training just looked at Jansson and thought no, he's he's rubbish, we signed the wrong player, um, to then keep playing Sunchins the whole campaign because he's a midfielder playing in a striker's role and whilst he can link some of the play together, he's not going to be a prolific goal scorer ever uh, in his career, unfortunately. And, yeah, if they can sign a new centre-back or two, a new striker, move on a couple of the players who maybe aren't quite arsed out my quality, they've got a good chance of mounting a top-three challenge, yes. Um, one last question about the Eredivisie. Before we move on to talking about the Netherlands um, um, squad for the Nations League, and it's from Marcus, and he asks whether... El- Almere City can become the new team in the Eredivisie. Can they get promoted through the Eredivisie playoffs? A good start and in the promotion playoffs for the Eredivisie, Divisie, but they've got a few challenges to go yet. Yeah, and I have to say, Excelsior and De Klasser, who are entering the playoffs from the Eredivisie, look like they're coming into a little bit of form towards the end of the campaign. Admittedly, um, Vitesse smashed De Klasser six-one today. But I, I think both teams will go in there feeling a little bit confident that they can stay up.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, Almir City, it's, it's a new name that I would like to see in the division It would be a nice addition to the league. But I think there's stronger teams in the promotion playoffs. I'd look at NAC Nijmegen and Sparta Rotterdam. I think these are two that have the better squads. And you'd say would be able to give the Graf and Excelsior are a bigger challenge. Amira City they drew two two with Cambur, um away from home, which is a great result for them. But I think that they're lacking a little bit of quality to reach the the actual Eredivisie. But you know I could be wrong. I, I definitely didn't see Emin coming up, and they did. So who knows? Um, it's really a gamble in the, the playoffs.
0: Yeah, a, pl- a gamble, but it does make it for entertaining viewing. And Emman coming up with Ditlekine. Um, what a campaign they've had considering they came up for these playoffs and no one gave them a hope um, and how is he not being nominated for the Dutch Manager of the Year awards because yes there have been some good campaigns this season for Mari Stein at VVV um, and for Edith Harker Ajax but Van Bommel's been nominated Van den Blom's been nominated and um, the one more person as well could I just have the name of that one? Oh, I can't remember who it is now
1: uh, Adri Costa for Vellantui.
0: Yeah, absolutely right. Um, and I just think Diplacine should be in that those five people. What a campaign they've had and to, to defeat all the odds and stay up. It definitely, I, I'm eating humble pie because I didn't think they'd stay up. They thought there were certainties for bottom three. But they've just shown some fight and I think that's what you need to stay up in, in the Eredivisie. They've made the most of the fact that not all of the clubs in the Eredivisie um, have looked like um having quality squads and playing great football this season. So they've kind of made the most of that drop in quality, I guess.
1: Yeah, I think Emin have had a great campaign. I think it is a disgrace that he hasn't been nominated, especially when you look at Morris Stein has been nominated, but VVV are only two places above Emin. They're 12th. It's not as if Stein's taken VVV from what he did last year and improved on it. He hasn't. So for him to be nominated again, yeah, you can see he's working with a smaller budget, but so is Lukina Emin. He's done wonders with a team that is basically a second-division team and have managed to stay up comfortably with one game still to go. So, yeah, I wonder why he's not really been nominated, especially over, over Stein. And you got to wonder why you know, Van den Brom is in there with AZ fourth. And maybe he could always make an argument that has Van Bommel really improved PSV from last year? No. He's just been nominated because they're in the title race and they had still a chance of winning the title when the nominations are made. So, yeah, I don't think that... I think Ten Hag's going to win it and he deserves two because of the, the way that Ajax have won the league after You know five years and won the cup and they made the Champions League semi-finals. But if, I was going to pick a second. It would be Lukina Emin.
0: Totally. It's an hard should get it first of all, but Le King should probably be the second choice for that, in that list. Let's talk about the Netherlands squad for the Nations League. Um, there's two questions we had in about Donny van der Beek. El de Pigeon would like to know what the best midfield option is at the minute. Um, he also congratulates us for the work we've been doing. Thanks for that. Um, and also Abdul wants to know if van der Beek should be given uh, a chance as a starter for the Netherlands. Yeah, he's had a very good campaign, hasn't he? And I I think from what we're seeing on, on Twitter here, they, they're suggesting that he would play in the midfield with Frank de Jong and uh, Jorginho Wijnaldum, meaning Martin Delon would be left out of the team. What are you thinking about that, Mike?
1: Yeah, it's difficult because you look at it and it's great because these discussions mean that we have options now, which we didn't have a couple of years ago when you had Kevin Strootman playing alongside... Um, Vijnaldum in defensive roles, I think. You know, we are tearing our hair out when we kept seeing those two and now it's, it seems that we have loads of options and these debates are coming into it. And yeah, I'd love to see Van de Beek get more of a chance. But are these people seeing what Martin De Roon's doing in Italy? With Atalanta, he's had an absolute terrific campaign. And for me, he hasn't really put a foot wrong when he's been playing for Netherlands in these big games. So why drop him? And you've got Wijnaldum who comes into Holland games and yes, sometimes invisible and you could say that he could be dropped and Van der Beek could play number 10 but then some games, is absolutely excellent. So I think Koeman, he said all along he likes to have a balanced squad, the same players playing each week um, and I think he's going to stick with that going into the Nations League semi-finals. I think it's got to be a midfield of Frankie Wijnaldum and Daruner's got to be his first choice. And maybe if Van de Beek can come off the bench and I'm impress, am then that'll give him hope going into the games later on this year. But I just can't see Koeman changing his mind on that midfield three.
0: No, and I think uh, Van de Beek is an option for those games where the Netherlands are going to have a lot of possession and they, they're meant to attack. But the game against England, they need someone to sit deeper um, next to Franky de Jong and Dunne is that perfect man. So I wouldn't change it. Um, just like you would, Mike, and, and Van der Beek is always an option off the bench. Uh, and you know, you look at that starting eleven now, and oh, well, Ronald is just—I think it's just, it's just a, such a great job for Holland and how he's set up the team, um, the tactics he's, he's employed, and there's such a good spirit about the whole team. But th- it's because the team's now settled. The goalkeeper, the, the back four is looking pretty solid again. Um, now that Dumfries has, has emerged to be the right back but also Daley Blint is looking better at left-back. And there was a time that we really were thinking that that was the weak spot, that was the one we can repick on. But his campaign with Ajax just fills you with more with confidence that he can play at left-back and he can do a job there. Um, midfield, as we just discussed, it seems to be pretty settled now. And in um, in attack, Memphis has made strikers role his own, um, flanked by Berkvein and, I guess, a choice of, of other wingers but who who is that other winger that you would play if you were to play England tomorrow?
1: Oof, that's a question. Um, for me, it'd probably be, probably be Ryan Babel. Um I think his work rate defensively in the bigger games recently has been outstanding. I think that he deserves that place. I think if Quincy promise, if he was set in the world of light of Sevilla, I'd say he'd come into the team but he isn't and Berakos isn't doing that great at final either, so I think Babel would get my pick.
0: Uh, I, you know, there was a time where I didn't wait Babel, but you've, I think the, he's won won me round, Mike. Finally, I think he deserves playing in the starting eleven. Uh, he's just done a much better job defensively than other wingers can. Good form for Fulham as well. Good goals he's been scoring, um, showing his technique again. I just wish I had a bit more pace about him, so that he could be a weapon on the break a bit more. Um, but that's probably his age that
1: hasn't helped him. He's a weapon for, for crosses, though. He's another you know, head in there that can win headers, and it's been crucial in the past couple of games, him you know, winning stuff in the air and getting knockdowns. He's just, a, he's just a really good option to have, You know, his experience and his his ability on that left wing and his work rate. Um, I think he's just undroppable until somebody else emerges. Maybe a Dan Juma or a Dildas Next season, even if Daniel Mallon can really hit next season, and um, with some great form, he could come into to add some pace onto the wing, because yeah, Berghofine's a tricky winger, and so is Memphis, but the two of them don't have what you'd say is lightning quick pace, and I think that's something that we could look for in the future.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, last question about the Netherlands is from George. If you could choose one striker for the Netherlands squad who hasn't been called up, who would you select?
1: If I was to pick one right now that hasn't been selected, that's not in the provisional squad, so not Veghorst, who hasn't really been in the squad recently, nor Luc de Jong, for me, out of the options that Netherlands have at the moment, which are very, very small, Um, I don't think Lammers is ready, I don't think Sierhus is ready, Vincent Janssen's not playing. You know, of all the Dutch strikers in the Air Division at the moment, if you had to pick one to come into your side, I would go with Huntelaar. Um, I think off the bench with experience and he can still score goals and he he loved playing for Holland and he always had Van Persie in the way. He his passion, his his drive, his physical ability up front. I think he's he's a great option if you're looking for somebody just to sit on the bench beating maybe that third choice, why not? Antoine.
0: Yeah. Um, personally, I would choose Daniel Marlon. But th- this is after me having a whole podcast to think about it. I did see this question beforehand and we even had to discuss it, Mike, because we, we just couldn't think of anyone. There are Dutch strikers that exist, but if are they actually good? Mm. For the Dutch national team, maybe not. And Marlon will be someone for the future. So maybe he's the option you pick if you want to blood some youth and give him an opportunity, but his place right now lies with the under-21s and younger Dania and to develop further before he can be picked for the first team.
1: I was going to say, you know, it is a problem for Netherlands at the moment is the lack of strikers, but if you look at the under-19s, the under-21s and the under-17s, they're coming through, it's just going to take three or four years before, maybe if we're doing this podcast in four years, we'll be having a debate where, you know, if there'll be five or six Great strikers like ray dan you know lammers Sirius, malin um probably you know, all these ones will start coming through and then will be packed full of forwards but right now it's just a it's just a big problem position luckily we have memphis and he's he's got it on his own right now
0: um if we're doing the podcast four years time I mean when we're doing a podcast in four oh, years time. Of course. Hmm. um final question of the podcast from david he asks, what's the chance of Toronto FC acquiring Arjen Robin, who's out of contract to buy Munich this summer? Is he going to move to the MLS?
1: Well, you wouldn't have thought so, but then um, it seems to be all the, all the newspapers, even like the, the Telegraph, the in Germany, that's the one team that keeps getting at, um, linked. Uh, you know, reports network that way saying he's, <coughs> saying he's turned down Inter Milan. You know, there's the option of going to either Kroningen or PSV that you'd say would probably be the likely ones. But Toronto's name's in there as well. And yeah, it looks like they stand a fighting chance of convincing them to move to the MLS. I think it'd be a good last little foray for them to go to America, um, earn a bit of money, do something over there. But personally, I'd like to see them back in the Air Division next season. I think what we've had from Dirk Coit coming back, I've had from Huntelaar and Van Persie coming back, and what impact they've had in their sides. I'd love to see Robin next year. You know, we're talking about PSV earlier on, maybe not being able to get a squad ready for another title challenge next year. If they signed Arjen Robin, that totally changes it. I think he would be unreal in the division next season. He'd be a bit part player. He'd be like Van Persie is now. You know, you'd miss out a few games here and there. But I think he would have a huge impact on the, the squad overall and it, just having him around on the training pitch would be unreal for some of the youngsters that are coming through like Doniel Mallon and Cody Gapko you know they could learn from Ian Robin so Toronto will have a chance but my personal preference would be back in the Netherlands.
0: Mm, yeah I think it would just change the whole dynamic of next season if Robin comes back to PSV and like you say He's a bit like Van Persie and doesn't play all the time, but when he does, he really makes an impact, gets them out of a quandary, scores a goal. Um, well, Mike, thank you for joining me, and we look forward to doing another podcast next week, don't we? Yes. Yeah. Speak to you soon. Speak to you soon, yeah. And we'll have, hopefully, um, a special guest, and we, we look forward to giving you our Eredivisie teams of the season and perhaps a, a bigger glance towards the Nations League semi-final against England. is Glaser. Goal!